All right, welcome to Elevate Youth. I'm glad you guys are here. It is so nice to be here, and it is so nice outside. I mean, like, it's beautiful weather. We were outside, and I could see the moon. It was shining really bright. So, okay, before we begin, we're going to do this thing on three. I don't have my table anymore. On three. One, two. Nice. I'm also losing my throat, so I apologize, but that's okay. All right. Okay, before we begin tonight, before we begin tonight, I need you guys' attention. Um, if it's okay with you guys, I need to put on my leader slash administrator hat on just for a second um, and just deal with a couple of things. Um, it's, it's, nobody's in trouble. Nobody's in, I promise nobody's in trouble. But, but I will say um, past few months, I would say, there have been a lot of disruptions during the service, um, lots of talking, maybe on your phone a lot if you're not taking notes, and I will say one thing I am praying for, um, I know you, a lot of you guys know I have a prayer wall at home, and the first, the, at the top middle of the prayer wall is a prayer that I have for Elevate, and it just says community, and a big prayer I have for Elevate is that our community here is so strong. That our community here is so strong. And that is, that is something I see. That's a vision I can see for Elevate. That it's the community that can draw people in. And that's something that I pray for and believing for. And so honestly, like, part of me is, like, happy you guys are, like, liking to talk to each other. You guys are finding friends here. That's so great. But I will say, when it's during the service, it can be disruptful. Um, it can be disruptive for the people around us, disruptive for the speaker, and even for yourself. That this time is a time that we have set apart. Um, it's holy, which means set apart. It's a time we have set apart for God. And so by, by uh, disrupting the service, we're actually disrespecting God as well. And so I just want to challenge you guys that as, as great as that is, I would ask to not cause disruptions, wait to talk to your friends till after. I keep my sermons short because I know our attention spans are short. I don't know. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. My attention span is like 30 seconds, and that's it. So I'm sure you guys are the same way. But I would ask to keep disruptions at a minimum. Um, if somebody, if we have leaders spread out, that there, if there is a prolonged disruption, a leader will come and ask you to stop. And if it continues to happen after that, we will unfortunately have to call your parents to come pick you up. Um, I know that's really extreme, but we just want to make sure that, first of all, that never happens. Like, I don't see that ever happening. But we also just want to keep this time set apart um, for us and for God. Everyone got it? Good? Good. Okay. So we're getting into this series. Um, we're in week two of relationships. And tonight's going to be a little bit different, as you can tell. But to set it up, I just want to recap just a little bit of last week. Um, so last week... We talked about the three foundational truths of relationships. The first one was we need them. We need relationships. We need relationships um, to, to live and to do and unlock things that God has for us. We are designed for community. The second thing is relationships can be messy sometimes. Relationships are messy. Um, they are messy because we're human. And a close relationship with somebody doesn't mean that everything will go perfectly and smoothly. And I think we've all experienced that before. But that leads us right into number three, is that all relationships need to glorify God. And it's hard to tell sometimes if a relationship is a good one, a healthy one, or a toxic one, a bad one. And we do that by, we ask God. We ask ourselves, what do the people around me think of me hanging around this person? And then the, the tough question is, 
what would I be like if I became identical to this person I'm hanging out with? Because we learned last week that if you sh- I can show you, show me your friends and I'll show you your future because that's the principle that is in this universe. So ultimately, all our relationships should flow from the source of Jesus. And so tonight we'll discuss this topic, relationships with your friends. Relationships with your friends. So before we begin, I'm going to pray and we will get started. So if you just bow your heads with me. Father, I just thank you for this night. I thank you for these amazing people here. I just ask that you bless it and you set it apart for what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. All right. So tonight it's going to be a little bit different. As you can see, we have chairs. I'm actually going to, I'm going to ask my beautiful wife and great friend, Caitlin, to come on up. So let's give her a big round of applause as she comes up. I get both now. You get both. So, Okay. So we are pros at friendships. We're pros. We know everything. We know all the ins and outs. But we know that sometimes these topics can be a bit difficult to talk about, and it can be a bit challenging sometimes. So Caitlin's going to lead us through some stretch stretches to loosen us up just a little bit. So do you know how to turn that on? Yeah, here. Let's walk. Okay, just talk really All right, give yourselves a hand, you guys. You guys did awesome. I hope you guys feel loosened up. I hope you guys feel loosened up. But as I said before, we want our friendships, all of our relationships, to look at Jesus from the source and to give him glory. So this includes our friendships. Um, As as we prepared this message for you guys, we felt that it was good and necessary to debunk some myths about friendships, some myths about friendships that we thought of that honestly a lot of us believed and struggled with at a, at a lot of different times. Um, I can tell you, like, for each of these myths, we both struggled with each of them. That um, We have four of them, but like, we both struggled with each myth before, and so we thought it'd be super helpful and super good that we take this time to debunk uh, four myths that we thought were about friendships, and each myth is going to include a friendly tip. It's going to include a friendly tip, and this a tip will be advice for how you can be a better friend and not how you can find better friends, because that's a really important distinction. But we'll talk about that more on myth one, and the myth one is this, good friends will find me. Myth number one about friendships, good friends will find me. As I was doing research on this, I stumbled across this chart. Let's put it up on screen here. Okay, you can't really read it, but it says, this, uh, this is how introverts make friends. They don't, or an extrovert finds them, likes them, and adopted them. Does anybody else think this is true? Okay. <laughs> As an awkward homeschooled kid, um, I went to public school about half the years I was homeschooled. I usually just looked for whatever people were doing and went and did that. If people were playing football over there, I was playing football over there. If people were playing basketball over here, I was playing basketball over here. If people were playing hide-and-seek, I was playing hide-and-seek. That's just what I did as a kid because I didn't know how to make friends at all. I was just trying to find what people were doing and just hopefully somebody would attach to me. Um, There was one time in particular, I think it was fourth grade, and it was lunch, and I was with a group of kids, and one, a kid turned to me and said, Sean, I will give you this chocolate chip cookie if you lick the table 10 times. And I did it. <laughs> I did it, and then as I was, I was like, okay, one, two, three, and everyone was like, oh, yeah, one, two. They're counting with me, and then I kept going, but everybody just stopped and was silent. And I, I was like, 
slowly turned around as a lunch lady was right behind me and she walked me over to a timeout seat and I, that following what everyone else was doing and trying to hopefully good friends will find me took me to the safety seat, the safe seat in the lunchroom and it didn't work out for me. I don't know if you have any stories of that, Caitlin, for yourself, but. For me, it was really the opposite and this, this, is, this is vulnerable time, guys, okay? I did not know how to make friends as a kid. We had a playground with a big sidewalk around it, right? And you had to walk laps if you did stuff and got in trouble. I walked around it for fun. <laughs> I just told myself little stories. I did not have friends in elementary school. And I guess that meant that by the time I was middle school, I thought I had like big main character energy, like no lie. I, I would, for real, I would sit there like away from everybody else and like read a really old book and be like, I'm so cool right now. Everyone wants to talk to me. Everyone wants to be my friend. And uh, unsurprisingly, that didn't work because when you look like you're busy doing something and not available to talk, people don't talk to you. Like, middle school me didn't get that. I don't know why. Um, so we're pros at friendships, if you pros. can't tell. Uh, we have so many friends. Um, but I thought, no, legit, I thought if I sat like by myself, if I dressed super cool, everyone would be so interested in me. But it's like, that doesn't work. Because guess what? A whole bunch of people are doing the same thing. They're also sitting there hoping somebody will come up and talk to them and think they're super cool. So then here's the question. If everybody wants somebody to come talk to them, who's doing the talking? Okay? And so one of the days, it wasn't until I was in college where I was like, oh, wait, I need to do that. I need to be the one that talks. I need to start it. And that is biblical, okay? It's biblical. Do stuff. Do stuff. Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is a good book. Read it, but read it like one sentence at a time. Um, for, Proverbs 14.23, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Now this sounds like it's about work, but it applies to everything. If you just talk about how you want to go to like, you know, a division one school and start on their like football team or whatever, and that's all you do is you talk about it, you're, it's not going to happen. If all you do is talk about how you want to like, I don't know, be like the lead doctor or whatever and be an awesome woman in STEM and all that good stuff, but you're not doing anything to accomplish the goal, nothing's going to happen. So if you want to have a good solid group of friends that are going to encourage you and lead you and like keep you going down the path for God, it makes sense that you need to do something about that, right? We can't just sit and wait for people to come to us because that's not how it works. And so it takes that, like Sean talked about, that uncomfortableness to actually get out there and be that person that you want to come to you, right? And so that's our, get your, get your notes out, our friendly tip. Be the friend that you want. If you want somebody to come up and talk to you and ask questions about your day and hear about your interests and the kind of music that you like, do it, do it. I'll tell you, that was the first conversation I had with Sean. I walked up, I thought, he, okay, I thought he was cute. I didn't just want to be friends. But I wanted to be friends before we did anything, before we dated. But I just said, hey, what kind of music do you like? And that's, that's how our entire relationship started. I mean, he can confirm. That was the first thing I said. What kind of music do you like? Yeah. And we just, we kept going. We kept going. We were at summer camp. We kept talking. We kept asking each other questions. And just, that's just how, that's how relationships work. Ask, I don't care if you don't care what the answer is. Ask the question. That's how I learned to be, to talk to grown-ups. I had to talk to grown-ups now. 
because we're on ministry team, ask, ask, ask what they do for work. Ask what they like to do. What do they eat for breakfast? And it doesn't matter if you don't want to know the answer. People like to talk to themselves about themselves, and they want to talk to you. Okay, so ask questions. Be the person that you want in your life. Okay, you got it. Got it. Okay. Next myth. Yeah. Uh, I just want to add to that. Yeah, so friendly tip, be the friend that you want. This is absolutely true because there's a principle in leadership especially, but it works in everywhere in life, is that you attract who you are. You attract who you are. And so you want to be the good friend that you are, and you want to be and attract who you are because people get together with people who are like themselves. So you attract who you are. So if you want to have good, uh, you, if you want to have Christian friends that are solid and healthy, you got to be a solid and healthy Christian friend as well. You got to attract, you attract who you are. So myth number one is good friends will find you. Myth number two, a good friend will always agree with me, will always agree with me. I think this is something that we've all believed at some point in our lives, at least I know I have. It might not be worded like this, but it could be worded something similar to that, such as like a good friend won't accuse me, a good friend won't condemn me, a good friend will always agree with me. Um, but I just want to say that a lot of times in certain situations, the truth is actually the opposite. That uh, the book of Proverbs, which Caitlin already referenced a lot, but the book of Proverbs has a wealth of knowledge on friendships. And I pulled one out in 27, Proverbs 27.6. It says, faithful are the wounds of a friend and profuse are the kisses of an enemy. You know, it's really dangerous when you surround yourself with yes men, right? It's really dangerous when you surround yourself that are constantly approving of your lifestyle and of your way. And uh, because a true friend will call you out and tell you when you are wrong. You know, I want you to think about it like this. Uh, as I was preparing this, I thought of this illustration. Let's say, you know, you and your group of friends are walking down a hike. You're walking up a hike to a mountain. And, um, you know, I love the mountain. Anybody else love the mountains? I'm a mountain guy. Um, Anybody, is it anybody beach people here? Beach people. Okay, we got some beach people. Okay, so just imagine instead of a mountain, you're, you're walking along the beach. You're walking along the beach. You're walking along the mountain. Um, and as you're walking, for whatever reason, one of your friends, um, let's just pick out a name. Let's just say Grant Tucker. One of your friends, Grant, he, for some reason, this hypothetical friend, Grant, he just starts walking off the trail and just into the woods. And you're like, what is he doing? Why is he walking off the trail into the woods? And you're just kind of like, okay, whatever. And as he's walking just a per perfect perpendicular line from the trail, you see off in the distance a mountain lion ready to pounce on our hypothetical friend Grant. He is, the mountain lion is just ready to pounce on him. And um, for my beach people, let's just, I don't know, a crab? Like a crab is ready to pounce on Grant? I don't, what, I don't there's no, I don't, maybe a shark? I don't, I don't know. But let's, let's ask ourselves, Grant is on the trail, he's way down there, he's off the trail, he's off the path, he's, a mountain lion's about to pounce on him. What would a loving friend do in that situation? <laughs> Shoot Grant? <laughs> Shoot the mountain lion? Probably would. would. Okay, so would the loving friend allow Grant to go down the path just because he's doing his own thing or it's fine, he'll figure it out? Or how about this one, I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable or embarrassed? You know, no, the loving friend would immediately call Grant over, like, Grant, get out of the way. Let's get back on the path. Let's handle the situation together. Grant's about to get pounced on by a mountain lion. Like, he, he needs to be corrected back onto the path. But, you know, sin works out the same way, doesn't it? Sin works out the same way. In fact, for, uh, in 1 Peter, it describes that similar. It says, be sober-minded, be watchful. 
Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring mountain lion. I added the mountain part. Like a roaring mountain lion seeking somebody to devour. You know, our enemy, he's prowling around around you. Your friends, he's prowling around you. Um, He's seeking somebody to devour. You know, it, it doesn't say he is devouring people. He said he's seeking someone to devour. And that's because we have to allow him to. We have to, we have to be able to, we have to give up our authority for him to, do, to devour us because he can't do that without our permission. We give him permission by straying off the path that Jesus has for us. We give him permission to do that. And if you see a friend of yours, then you need to, straying off the path. It's, he, your friend is literally in danger that like you might not see it in the natural. Your friend might be fine in the natural, but in the spiritual, there is a dangerous um, path to go down if you're off the path that Jesus has for us. And a good friend will call us out if we stray. So the friendly tip for this one is a good friend will call out other good friends when they stray. A good friend will call out other good friends because the truth is that we are dealing with a real enemy here and we um, need each other to um, protect ourselves. So, okay, we're going to go move on to number three. Number, this is a good one. Number three, friendship is all about me. Friendship is all about me. <laughs> when we were talking about this, we were just like, oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a good one. But, you know, we, may, we might say that it's not about us. We might think that we're not. Um, we might think we're making it about others. But I just want to challenge us. But what, what do our behaviors say? What do our words say? What do our actions say? Are we living for others or for ourselves? And Proverbs 27, 19 says, as in water, the face reflects the face. So the heart of man reflects the man. You know, actions, they speak louder than words. Jesus gave us a perfect example of this. In John 15, it says, So this is my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. So is there anything you were wanting to add to that? Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm a very self-aware person. That's a strength, but also sometimes not a strength. Because very, very early in our marriage, I would just go up to Sean and be like, Sean, I'm just really, really stressed and sad. And like this long list of emotions and why they're all happening and where I think some of this stuff is like rooted from when I was a kid. And Sean's just like, okay. Um, But me, having that strength, um, I like to think about why I do things and stuff like that. So I created a little list of like phrases or patterns of thinking or behaving that would come up when I am looking at my relationships, I guess, selfishly, especially friendships. We're, we're focusing on friendships here. So here are some things that, like, this is a self-check, okay? Be open. I'm not calling anybody out directly, okay? If you feel like you're getting called out directly, maybe you are, but not by me. So listen with open ears, okay? So if you are constantly worrying what everybody else is thinking about you, Um, If you find yourself thinking, nobody ever does this one specific thing for me that I want them to do. Nobody ever invites me out. Nobody blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's okay to think that, but keep it in check, okay? Um, It's all their fault. There's no way I did anything wrong. That's a red flag, okay? If you were really my friend, you wouldn't X, Y, Z. Now, this is barring actual big things. Set boundaries, but don't set ultimatums, right? they did this to me, so I'll do that to them. And sometimes it's, it's not like some big revenge thing, but it's like I'm going to pull away for a while. I'm not going to text them back for a while. I'm not going to be as warm and cheery as I usually am. Um, what's in it for me? 
how do they make me feel better? How do they make me look better? How do they make my image better? Um, you find it hard to be kind to people that you disagree with. Um, that's me sometimes. Uh, why won't they do it my way? Why won't they do things the way I want them to do them? Uh, they, they can't be that person's friend. They're my friend. They have to be my friend first. And you have a hard time being happy for other people's accomplishments. Okay? Again, this is vulnerable time. Did at least one of those apply to you? Because at least one of them applied to me. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so that's a time to self-check, be like, okay, this is something I need to work on right? Because it's showing that at, at times, maybe not all the time, but at times we have a tendency towards being a bit selfish about our relationships, right? And uh, in James, James 3.16, it says, for where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice, right? So selfishness is where jealousy gets born, you get jealous because you're selfish. You're, you're wanting things for yourself. You're seeing things from other people. And so where they exist, clearly those things are not telling me that this is a healthy, happy relationship, right? So um, we're called to build people up, right? We're called to consider them higher than ourselves, to put other people first. And sometimes that means that you're going to be giving in the relationship more than you're getting. Um, probably shouldn't be like that all the time. But... Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's going to be that you're the one that's putting in the effort, that's trying to grow, that's trying to be better. You're going to give more than you get sometimes. But that's the way relationships work. Because you're loving and investing in people. For, first of all, they're good. And second of all, for the good of the kingdom, right? Like the goal is always to draw other people closer to God, to draw them deeper into that relationship, to draw them uh, closer to the way that Jesus walks and lives. And so if we're investing in it, right? So we don't have to think of it as a loss. I'm, I'm just giving, 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 and never getting anything back. It's an investment. You're saying, I, I care about you. I'm, I'm putting all of this into you. Um, and then Hebrews says, do not neglect to do good and share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. God sees that. It, it may not be a physical thing that you're handing over, but God sees that. He sees the time that you put in with that person. He sees the emotional control that you put in for that person. He sees, like, the effort that you're putting in on their behalf. So, like, be encouraged by that. Okay, if you feel like, oh, this person, I'm, I'm just, like, they're not trying as hard as I am today, or, or and it, that's okay. You're doing a good thing, and you can keep doing it, okay? Because, I mean, God talks about, um, in Luke, it, yeah, it was, yeah, Jesus said, if you love, if you only love the people that love you, what does that do for you? Sinners can do that. Everybody can do that. It's easy to love people that love you. It's, it's super easy because they, they give you hugs and they sit with you at lunch and they give you birthday presents. Like, it's easy to love those people. It's hard <laughs> to love people that don't like you. It's hard to love people that will put you down for things that you feel proud of or make you feel less or anything like that or even just people that aren't putting in enough, as much effort as you are. It's hard to love those people. But that's where, like, that's where God is so merciful, right? So if you refuse to repay evil with evil, God is merciful. Just, like, uh, to, for us, just as we are for them. I'm rambling. Let me refocus. So the solution here, who, what do we think the solution would be? Can anybody have an answer? So if we're, we feel like, Nobody's given enough to us. We're, 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 not, we're putting too much out. It's hard to love those people. The solution is to practice self, selflessness, right? The opposite of selfish, selfless. 
and begin to think about what you can do for the people around you. I'm not a political person, but I do know that Ronald Reagan said something to the effect of, uh, ask not what um, this country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I, I don't know where, I don't know about that, but I think, that I, let's rephrase it for here and say, don't think about what you can do for your, fr what, what your friends can do for you, but what you can do for your friends. Like that, that should be the focus. And obviously you want good people around you, but think about how can I invest in this person? How can I bring this person further into the kingdom of God? How can I make this person feel loved and valued and higher than myself? Okay, because if, if, you're, if you're worried about the way that you look when you're with that person or all, all these things, it just, it just drains. Okay, it drains you, it drains them. And so a friendly tip is, I kind of already said, but think more about what you can give than what you can get. Um, because in the long run, you're going to get more out of the relationship that way. That's just the way it works. Um, Bible calls it the principle of sowing and reaping. If you put into that person, you're going to get out. But even if that's not you, we're going to get out for the kingdom. Um, so Sean, I think, had a little bit more to add. Yeah, that. no, that's really good stuff. And the only thing I wanted to add was that this... Um, main, this mostly applies to when you're in healthy relationships with people, that if you're in a, like let's say you're in a toxic relationship or maybe you're just with a bad person, then you shouldn't be, you should really just be getting out of that, honestly. But it, it applies to healthy people who are solid and they have their um, own amount of emotional control as well. But um, that kind of goes right into the fourth one, actually. And this is the fourth myth is it kind of goes along with what we talked about last week a little bit, but the fourth one is this, is hanging out with this person won't affect me that much. Hanging out with fill in the blank won't affect me that much, but I'm sorry to break it to you, but it will. <laughs> it will. Uh, I've said this already, but show me your friends and I will show you your future. Um, we talked about that a lot last week. Um, some questions I challenged us, challenged us with um, uh, what do your mentors and peers think about you hanging with that person? And would you became, be okay if it became identical to them? And I hope you'd be okay with that because that's exactly the truth. I can say that in my life, it's exact, that's exactly what's happened. That's exactly the truth. Um, and something, what I want to say, something I do want to say is that we see this immediately as bad news, right? We see this as bad news. Is hanging out with this person won't affect me that much. And we're like, oh crap, that's, that's not good news. That's that can't be good news. But I want to say tonight that this is actually really, really good news. Because what's, hap what's going to happen is if you surround yourself with good people, they will affect you that much. They will affect you in positive ways. They, you will become like them. You will gain from them, and they will also gain from you too. And so this is exactly true, and that's not even bad news. In fact, it's really, really good news. And so the friendly tip for this one is you become who you hang out with. You become who you hang out with. And again, it's not bad news. That's actually really good news because then we can surround ourselves with people who are good, who are godly, who are following Jesus and who are healthy and solid. And they will, in fact, um, raise us up into better. And that's, that's one of our mission statements to Elevate. We're, we're here to reach up, raise up, and rise up. And the second one is to raise up others around us. And that's what we're talking about tonight is raising up our friends to get deeper into God. So... So as we wrap up tonight, um, I just kind of want to recap what we've talked about. And in fact, let's invite the worship team to come back up now. And um, let's give Caitlin a round of applause here tonight. She did an amazing job helping me out preach. Good job.
She's amazing. I love her. <laughs> but as we wrap up tonight, I just kind of want to recap just a couple of our main points that we're having tonight. And the first one is this, is um, you become who you hang out with. You become who you hang out with. And that is not bad news. That is, in fact, really good news. And that is, that is the main thing I want us to catch tonight, is that we, will, we are becoming who we're hanging out with. And that applies to our friends, but that also applies to our relationship with Jesus, right? That if we're hanging out with Jesus very often, then we're going to become more like him the more we hang out with him. And so I want to challenge us with that tonight. And so let's all stand up tonight, and we're going we're gonna to invite God in. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit in, and we're going cha- to be challenged tonight. And again, having the Holy Spirit challenge us is not a bad thing. It's, in fact, a really, really good thing. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's invite the Holy Spirit in tonight. Holy Spirit, we just invite you in. I just ask that you just convict us. Conviction brings peace and direction, and we just cast out any condemnation, and condemnation brings us shame and despair. But you bring us conviction, and you bring us righteousness. So God, just invite us in. Change what you want to change. Do what you want to do tonight. Have your way in us. Have your way, Jesus. During this time, I'd like to invite the prayer teams. They're going to come on up. If you need prayer for what we talked about tonight or for anything at all, I want to invite you to get prayer. But right now, let's worship and let's invite God into our place tonight.